I always feel a little bit like an astronaut when I put these things on. I don't know why. But anyway, we're here exploring inner space, (laughs) not outer space. (laughs) It's as vast as outer space. So with concentration meditation, you take a single object and you just focus on it repeatedly and you kind of put aside anything else that arises. So sometimes the breath meditation is done as a concentration practice. You just keep coming back to the tip of the nose or just keep coming back to the abdomen. Everything else is not important. Metta meditation is a concentration metta a practice. We just keep coming back to metta, putting aside as best we can whatever else comes up and coming back over and over again to metta. Insight meditation is different. Vipassana meditation is different. We develop some concentration through our primary object, our home base, uh, in order to have some sense of settledness and hearness and clarity, and then we use that clarity to investigate the way life is. Investigate, um, I mean, what we're ultimately looking to investigate is what John talked about last night, the three characteristics of impermanence, unsatisfactoriness, and not-self. And so while we have this home base, the object isn't to stay with it. It's really our place to come back to. But if something else is stronger and calls our attention, we, we, we investigate it. So we talked um, about other sensations in the body that might arise, um, like a pain. If a pain calls your attention, that can become your object of meditation. What's happening here? What's the Vedana? How am I reacting to the unpleasantness? Is there space in the mind to just be with it as it is? That's the kind of investigation, a moment-to-moment connection, experiential, to develop understanding, intuitive understanding. So when we say investigation, we don't mean we think about the pain in the knee. We mean that we connect moment by moment with the pain in the knee and we're with the process, the unfolding process of basically creating suffering or creating freedom. And so then we also talked about emotions. Sometimes those become predominant and uh, very uh, obvious. We turn towards the emotion. What is this experience? Maybe naming it often anchoring in the body, maybe noticing how the thoughts take us away. Um, Is it pleasant, unpleasant? Are we able to be with it as it is? Are we reactive to this emotion? And again, it's this moment-to-moment connection. So basically, we're interested in connecting to all of our sense experience. Eating lunch. Can we be moment to moment with the experience of tasting or smelling? 
So we talked about, um, you know, we have these five senses that most people are familiar with. And in Buddhism, the sixth sense we've mentioned is the mind or the heart, the mind-heart. The word um, is used interchangeably in many Eastern languages. And so emotions might be a mind-heart sense experience, though it also has a, a, a body component. Today, I thought we'd talk a little bit more about thoughts as a sense experience. Thoughts are the sense experience of the mind. And so we are going to notice how they arise, how they pass away, like everything, how they are not personal. This is a anatta teaching, right? Not self-teaching. They're not our pro- they're not who we are. They're conditioned ph- phenomena like everything else. Something happens and it conditions thoughts to arise and then they arise and eventually they end. What we learn um, through uh, investigating the nature of thought, we're interested in what is a thought. Not conceptually, but experientially. What is a thought? And um, how do we get trapped in thoughts? Because we do spend a a lot of time uh, entranced, hijacked, and trapped in our thoughts, right? How do we get out? How do we learn to have a little bit more freedom around thoughts? Without trying to get rid of them. That's not what we're trying to do. So every time that we wake up from a thought world, it's a powerful moment. That moment is an amazing moment, a powerful moment. Because what it does is it gives us some choice, usually. (laughs) If it's a really strong emotion, a very sticky thought, sometimes you wake up, you might notice this, you notice you're thinking, and then you're gone off into the story, lost again. But we learn through mindfulness in that moment that we have some choice about how we're going to relate to those thoughts. For the purpose of meditation, formal meditation especially, we learn to just let them go. In meditation, they're all equal. It's just a thought. And we learn to let them go and come back to our anchor, right? Each time that we let a thought go, we're we're lessening the automatic attachment to our thoughts and giving ourselves more choice. We're lessening our kind of habitual conditioning to believe all our thoughts and to spend our life in the mind world. So, so even if that's all you do all week is let go of thoughts and come back to your anchor, that's a week well spent. In daily life, we might notice more what thoughts are useful to think and what aren't. So we're off in some thought, we wake up, and then we can ask ourselves, is this worth thinking about? And, it, it, and if it is, we think about it, and if not, we go, oof. Okay, not really. I don't have all the information I need yet. I don't need to think about that right now. Oh, these are good thoughts. I'm planning some uh, surprise party for my friend. <laughs> uh, so 
we start to have more choice about which thoughts we get involved in and which ones we don't. And that saves us a lot of suffering. So in that moment, too, that we wake up from a thought, there is a chance to just kind of glance. uh, Thoughts as a meditation object are kind of difficult, right? Because they're very subtle on one level and they're very powerful on another. But we can kind of glance and just kind of notice the thought. And what happens in that moment? Does the thought go away? Does it have tendrils kind of? trying to pull you back into it. Uh, Does it uh, peter out? Was it just a wisp to begin with? What about those background thoughts that comment on what you're doing? Any of you notice those? I call it the sportscaster. (laughs) It's like, now she's doing this, now she's doing that. That one, you can just kind of play with the volume control. If you, if you fight it, you're in trouble, right? Now she's fighting. <laughs> um, but you can just like, put, it's like a radio in the background, just like, okay, just let it kind of play back there. So, so all, this is all like understanding thought and understanding how we can work with it. So, I think that's my intro. And what we're going to do in the meditation is um, I'm going to give you some experiments around thought. So I'm going to drop in an experiment. We'll see what happens, and then I'll drop in another one. And it's just all, they're all ways of helping us to investigate thought. All right, let's settle in. taking time to connect with our formal practice period in the way that we've found is helpful for us to settle in. Posture, intention, relaxing, few minutes of metta. Whatever helps you settle in, arrive wholeheartedly. Connecting with your home base for some stability.
Okay, we're going to take a minute, and in the minute, I want you to count how many thoughts arise. I'll let you know when the minute's over. Okay, so sometimes this exercise helps us to see that thoughts are sense experiences that arise and pass away. So for the next period of time, each time that you notice your thinking, make this soft mental note in your mind, just note thinking, very quiet. And then come back to your anchor and just notice what putting that little label in, how it affects your experience. We'll do this for a couple of minutes. And so we're going to continue with using this soft label thinking, but I also want you to notice the tone of that label. Is it matter of fact or kind, or is it harsh, judging? Is there any aversive energy in that note?
Sometimes we find that we wake up, we notice thinking, we tell ourselves what a bad yogi we are, and then maybe we go back to the anchor. And so the tone of that note can help us see if we are judging the thinking rather than just understanding it as part of our human nature, another sense object. And so if there is some tension when we wake up, note thinking, relax the body, and then go back to your anchor. Are you trying too hard to catch the thoughts? Remembering a very relaxed attitude towards our meditation. We don't have to snatch the thoughts. You can't do that anyway. Just responding in that moment that we wake up. That's what we can do. And in the next little bit, if you wish, when you wake up from a thought, you notice your thinking, what happens to the thought? It's a little tricky because sometimes we start thinking about what happens to the thought. Let's see if you can notice what happens to the thought. Does it pull you in? Does it disappear? Does it peter out? You can take just a moment, 
brief moment to notice what happens to the thought and then come back to your anchor. How powerful is the thought once you become aware of it? Noticing in your own experience. Okay, if you wish to undertake another experiment, if you want and you notice repeating thoughts, you can give them their own little note. So maybe planning, planning thought, remembering, rehearsing, regretting, And the idea is to help increase our mindfulness of these thoughts that repeat. So if you wish, you can use this note. If you find that you're taking a long time to decide what kind of thought it is, then it's better to just note thinking. But if it becomes obvious that, for example, planning, planning, you can drop in a more specific note, or work thoughts, family thoughts. Again, what happens to the thought? Come back to the anchor.
judging thoughts, perhaps. When I get out of here, thoughts. Lunch thoughts. Just conditioned experiences arising and passing away. Not personal, not yours. Just life manifesting, bubbling up in this particular being at this particular time due to conditions. Are there particular thoughts that you dislike? You can notice that they're unpleasant. It's just an unpleasant thought. And then we react with aversion. We don't like it. We don't want it. But it's really just an unpleasant thought. Are there any thoughts that you are particularly drawn to? You like them fantasy perhaps, oh, pleasant, the pleasantness makes me grasp after it and it's just a pleasant thought. And the last experiment, if you wish, if you find a certain thought keeps coming back and has a tugging energy, some of you, that might not be happening, but if it is happening, ask yourself if you're feeling something, if there's some emotion. Because the particularly sticky thoughts often have an emotion feeding them. And when we attend to the emotion, feel it in the body, allow it, make space, 
Sometimes the thoughts die down a bit. And so in the last few minutes of the sitting, if any of these tools seemed particularly helpful, feel free to bring them in to your insight practice, your Vipassana practice. And we can end our meditation, if we wish, with some appreciation for our efforts. 
our willingness to explore this important part of our human life. And appreciating our community, the support we gather by doing this together. So I'll say a few more words about thoughts, and then we'll have uh, announcements and hopefully time for a couple questions. You could say that what I was encouraging you to do um, is to start identifying less with our thoughts. So we tend to identify very strongly with our thoughts. They arise, we believe them. We think they're all true. When you're lost in the thought, you think it's true, no matter how crazy it is, right? So we're starting to learn that um, perhaps we don't have to believe all of our thoughts. This is like, well, maybe if that's all you learned this week, that would be really helpful. I think they should start teaching it in, in kindergarten, really. Yeah, it's so important. So one time, many years ago, I was um, on a retreat. I don't remember if I told the story of the last retreat here. I'm sorry if I did. I can't keep track sometimes. But I was on a retreat, and um, I found myself judging all of the meditators. And so I was just, it was relentless. Every time I was out and around, it was like, look at how she dresses, and she thinks she's pretty, and... You know, look how much food they took. They shouldn't eat so much on a retreat. Look how they're walking. They should walk much quieter. They're stomping. And, you know, it went on and on. And I started to feel really bad about myself, like I was such a horrible person. And, um, and I couldn't get the thoughts to stop. I just didn't like them. So I went into my teacher. It was actually Joseph Goldstein at the time. He's great at one-liners. This is going to be one of his famous one-liners. So I went into him, and I, you know, I was complaining about what a bad meditator I was and how I was just judging people endlessly. And he listens very kindly, and then he says, it's just a thought. And this was like 35 years ago, but I remember being stunned. I, I was, <laughs> was like, oh, <laughs> it's just a thought, right? And all of this drama that I had created around it was because I was identifying with that thought. I was taking, I was believing those thoughts and taking them to be who I was. And so then after that, you know, it was like a, a judging thought would come up, oh, judging thought, no problem. And it really wasn't a problem anymore. So if we can relate to thoughts with a little more lightness, we can see that they're, they're just, they come and they go. If I identify with judging thoughts, we do actually have a problem. You know, wars start that way. <laughs> but if I don't identify with a judging thought, it's really not a problem at all. So we're trying to learn this in our own experience. Uh, when I said in the meditation, the thoughts, they're not yours, I just want a little caveat here. 
yeah, they kind of are yours. We want you grounded in conventional reality. <laughs> you know, I don't, we're not trying to go so far out there. Yeah, of course, on the relative level, yes, they're your thoughts. <laughs> so we're adding something. We're not taking that away. On the absolute level, they're, um, they're, they're arising and passing sense experiences that are conditioned and that when you look closely, don't have a lot of substance to them. When we identify with them, they're very powerful. And when we don't... All right, that's enough about that. Let's move on to announcements. (laughs) Thanks for that clarification, Rebecca. That was very helpful. So today is Saturday, and that's the first announcement. And then we just want to thank you all for your efforts and being here in time. And we really just want to appreciate you for all, you know, really making sure that you're arriving here in time to the hall because it really helps to settle the space. So just uh, appreciation for that. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.